0: Being a man is knowing where you're needed the most. And for you right now, that's here protecting your sister. I don't understand. Someday you will. Sokka is the embodiment of courage. This image right here is proof of that courage. He was willing to face an entire Fire Nation ship alone if it meant protecting his people. Time after time, he faces powerful benders at every turn. And looking back on that first episode, Sokka doesn't hide the fact that he's scared, but he knows that it's his duty to protect the tribe. But that ability to try and to try without fear of failure is one of Sokka's greatest strengths. But his early confidence and arrogance masks the many different insecurities that reveal themselves over the course of the show. Much of Sokka's development has to do with his own identity, and with that, his masculinity. Sokka of the Southern Water Tribe was taught that a man is supposed to be the strongest, the protector, the leader, and a capable warrior. These are things that Sokka's masculinity is defined by. And we see how he tries to be all of these things, in the best and worst of ways. This is because his idea of masculinity and being a man has been shaped by what he has suffered as a child. With the loss of his mother and the departure of his father, Sokka feels like he failed already once in protecting his mother, as it was his duty as a man, and so he is making up for that lost time. Not only that, all of the men in the Southern Water Tribe left, and Sokka was the only warrior, the only man left to protect his tribe. Without any guidance, this clearly led him to a misguided belief that women are not capable of protecting themselves. Or much at all, as he says in episode 1. Leave it to a girl to screw things up. His sexism and arrogance are masks for his own insecurity and his own shortcomings. Deep down, Sokka knows that he's not strong enough. And already by episode 4, his character is thrust into a journey that challenges these insecurities. And challenges him to create his own idea of what a man should be. So he is constantly trying to prove himself because of this. I'm sorry. For what? I treated you like a girl when I should have treated you like a warrior. I am a warrior, but I'm a girl too. From the first episode to the deserter when Aang burns Katara, season one shows that Sokka is extremely protective of Katara, as this was a duty entrusted to him by his father, right before he left. When she comes into her own as a powerful bender, that role changes from Katara to Yue, and later Suki. As shown in The Serpent's Pass, where he had already failed twice in his life, in protecting his mother and protecting Yue. And at that point in the series, Sokka is still cultivating that definition of what being a man truly means. But as he continues to be surrounded by powerful women, aided by adding the most powerful earthbender in the world, he gets humbled realizing that women are more than capable. Further in the Serpent's past, as he finds out that Suki accompanied them in order to protect him, I think in this moment, Saka finally accepts that he doesn't always have to be the protector, especially towards the women in his life, but that he will always have a natural willingness to protect the people around him. Though with a group of powerful benders, this leads Saka to the role of the strategist as early as the very next episode. As Hokoda says, being a man is knowing where you are needed the most, and Sokka learns that the gang doesn't need a protector. Following this, Sokka reunites with his father and his father's battalion in the Guru, and do we see that insecurity visibly shown as he walks into the camp, nervous and hunched over, but his growth is also present as he stands proud, and even more so when his father tells him to get ready for battle. It is here that Sokka truly realizes that he isn't that kid he once was anymore, but now a warrior, and further realizes that his duty is to be with Aang and to take down the Fire Lord, and this is when Sokka continues to embark on his journey to become a leader through the final season. In Book 3, Sokka's insecurities are truly brought to the forefront, beginning with his failures. A hard-hitting failure for the Water Tribe's son is how he felt that he failed to be a leader in front of the battalion, especially in front of his father, as he failed to explain the invasion plan. Sokka felt unfit to be a leader, but with Hakoda and Aang's encouragement, he took charge on the battlefield when Hakoda was injured, but again was broken down after the invasion plan failed. Once again, Sokka had to regain his honor, as he did in rescuing Suki and his father from the boiling rock. In The Runaway, the Water Tribe Warriors showcased growth when it comes to his vulnerability. Sokka allowed himself to feel vulnerable and to tell Toph about how he sees Katara as his mother, and what she truly means to him. It really seems like my whole life, Katara's been the one looking out for me. She's always been the one that's there. This moment stood out to me when evaluating Sokka's character, adding on to the fact that he struggles with his masculinity. Sokka never really talked about his mother, and that can be related to how the man of the tribe is supposed to respond. The man isn't supposed to show how they feel, but Sokka choosing to share this information is a grand step in becoming the man he is supposed to be. Though this vulnerability isn't a one-off event, as it is ever-present in arguably his most important episode, Sokka's master. Sokka struggles with his own normalcy, Even though in the Avatar world, worth is not directly correlated with bending ability, when it comes to combat, it is often a great equalizer. And look who Sokka is surrounded by. The soon-to-be master of four elements in Aang, Katara, Master Waterbender, and Toph, the most talented and the greatest earthbender in the world. So it's easy to see why Sokka feels this way. And it's even highlighted more so in past episodes, of course, in this episode with But much earlier, when Katara and Aang specifically make time to retrieve their scrolls and staff, when Sokka wants to go back for his boomerang, it's deemed as unimportant. So there's time to get your scrolls and time to get your staff, but no time for my boomerang? That's correct. Oh. Further during the chase, when Toph says, I didn't count you. You know, no bending and all. I can still fight! Okay, three on three plus Sokka. And so, Sokka's feelings of unimportance and weakness are incredibly valid. This normalcy that Sokka struggles with is a conflict that I think many people can relate to, and him having no special abilities are reasons why his character grounds us in a sense of reality. While yes, it is a world of grand abilities and spirits, it is also a world where people have internal struggles and conflicts, much like the journey of Zuko and the journey of Sokka. Sokka's feelings of being normal are directly tied to his worth, and in front of Piandao, he believes that despite all he had accomplished, all that he had seen by then, traveling the world from southern to northern water tribe, the entire Earth Kingdom, and now the Fire Nation, as well as helping countless people, Sokka still felt that he wasn't worthy. Not only that, but being bested by so many different people and benders humbled him. But as he might feel regular or lower than his peers, Sokka proves that he is special in so many ways, and that he has versatility and creativity, not strength and power. This episode is important as it highlights that the skills that Sokka has are perfect for what the team needs. Moreover, he has bravery, honor, and integrity. As he was willing to risk all of his hard work and the forgery of his own sword. In order to tell Pindao the truth. This episode truly highlights how Sokka has changed so much. From the arrogant, prideful Sokka in the first season, he is now incredibly humble and grounded, and Pindao reinvigorated the warrior Sokka that was once so confident in his abilities. Sokka isn't normal. Normal people don't travel the world with the Avatar and risk their lives for the sake of the world. Regular people aren't as brave as Sokka, the warrior who fights off benders that can shoot fire from their fingertips, without an ability of his own. Sokka shows his importance through his intellect, wit and humor, through his versatility and creativity. He shows his importance through his ability to forgive and through his courage. Without Sokka, they would have never invaded the Fire Nation, defeated Combustion Man, taken down the drill, amongst many other things. Sokka proves that with his direction, leadership and his overall demeanor, that he is as important as any other member of the gang. And in Sokka's master, we see how the group is lost without him. And what piques my interest with Sokka's development is how he struggled with these identities of the warrior, leader, protector, and the man. And how these identities are so present in the person that Sokka wants to be. That person being Hakoda. Despite their short interactions, it's clear that Hakoda is the example and is everything Sokka strives to be strong, caring, loving, and warm, though over the course of Sokka's journey, it's clear to see that he is following in his father's footsteps. Regardless of his own mishaps and failures, he too is a strong warrior, a caring leader, as well as loving and warm. While the four elements will often be equated to benders when it comes to non-benders, Sokka is the perfect representation of water. The people of the water tribe are versatile and adapt themselves quickly. Look at how quickly Sokka was able to formulate a plan for Combustion Man, or to escape the boiling rock. The people of the Water Tribe have a strong sense of community and love. Sokka quickly formed lifelong relationships with Toph and Zuko, as well as Suki and Yue. And Sokka has this subtle kindness and love that develops over the course of the series. In the 10th episode, Sokka demonstrates his ability to understand that innocent lives, Fire Nation or not, regardless of the pain that he has suffered, should still be saved, as he saves a Fire Nation village from Jet. When Toph joined, Sokka is the most friendly and helpful towards her, always being an arm to lean on and someone that she grows to trust. Back to Jet, even after his issues with Sokka in Season 1, Sokka would be the one to hear him out. And finally after Zuko joined, Sokka accepts him, without resentment for what happened. Sokka's love is illustrated in the way he cares, in the way he is quick to admit his failures and defeats, and in his acceptance and forgiveness. He understands community and love. While observing Sokka in comparison to the other men in the series, like Aang, Hakoda, Iroh, and Zuko, it is ever present that Avatar carries a multifaceted approach to masculinity. Whether it be the learned masculinity that Sokka has, the gentle yet powerful Aang, the wise Iroh or the more conventional portrayal, like Zuko's, masculinity comes in different forms, and Avatar doesn't shy away from them. Iroh and Hakoda to me displayed the maturity and understanding of what it means to be a man, whether it be through Iroh's kindness and willingness to change, or Hakoda's loving parenting, and that Aang, Zuko, and Sokka would surely grow to be reflections of these two men. In summation, Sokka's journey from insecure and experienced warrior to strategist and leader and master swordsman is a journey that I didn't appreciate enough for a long time. But as I paid attention to it, it deserves respect and admiration just like all of the others. Because Sokka is important. I wanted to do a painting, so we always remember the good times together. But the truth is, I don't know if I am worthy. I believe that you are more worthy than any man I have ever trained.